Welcome, everyone. This is Mia Ferroletto, publisher of New Observations Magazine. Today we have the honor of welcoming Kevin Briggs to our show. Kevin uh, is the author of Spiritual Consciousness, A Personal Journey. He has contributed uh, an article to issue number 132 of New Observations on Consciousness and Contact. And he's been um, interviewed and um, a speaker at several conferences, including um, the conference that I organized on the Pine Ridge Reservation this past July. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Hi, Mia. Uh, nice to hear your voice again. And thank you for inviting me on your show. It's, uh, it's good to talk about my experiences, and I do enjoy it now. So thank you again for inviting me on your show. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I know that in your previous interviews, you've covered your 56 years of ET contact and um, your relationship with your ET visitors. And today, I thought we'd get into uh, some new territory in terms of other experiences you've had uh, involving consciousness. Okay, that's fine, Mia. That would be it. Would be different to talk about the different experiences I have had, and perhaps I should start with uh, uh, when I met you at your uh, first conference in, in Vermont a couple of years ago. Now, uh, yes, almost uh, two years ago. <laughs> two years ago doesn't time fly, uh, but I remember there one of your speakers, uh, David Lewis. Uh, speaking about animal communications and uh, as I'm sure you're aware as many people are we we love our animals and we we share the time that we have with them Uh, but uh, David's talk was about actually communicating with them and he's able to do that uh, at a very high level and uh, so I remember after the lecture we went outside and there were some picnic tables there and we all sat outside and we were discussing the uh, uh, animal communication lecture uh, and drinking a cup of coffee and then a young girl came down with a a lamb uh, a merino lamb I understand and I thought to myself I'm going to try and practice what David uh, Lewis has said about communicating with animals so I, I thought about the uh, merino lamb and I described it and I said, what a beautiful lamb you are. Uh, I've never met a merino lamb. Uh, can you come a little bit closer so I can get a better view of you? Anyway, the lamb, it did come a little bit closer uh, and then uh, it went to eat a bit more grass. And then I said to it, uh, would you mind, uh, you know, coming right up to me so I can feel your wool? I've never felt the wool of a merino lamb, and I understand it's the best wool in the world. And uh, anyway, <laughs> a couple of seconds later, the lamb walked right up to me, leaned on my leg, and I was able to touch its wool or fur, whatever you call it. I'm not quite certain, really. And uh, it was just an amazing thing. And I thanked it. I said, thank you very much for, uh, you know, coming up to me, allowing me to stroke you. And then he wandered off and he was eating some grass. And uh, uh, and I turned around and went back to the conversation I was having with the group. And then I finished my coffee and I thought I'll go back into the uh, uh, farmhouse kitchen there and get myself another coffee. I got up and uh, I walked into the kitchen there, opened the door, 
to get the coffee. And I turned around in the kitchen, and the lamb had followed me into the kitchen. And, oh, that's uh, amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing. It, it was a surprise to me. I turned around and I obviously ushered it back out. And the young girl there that was chaperoning the lamb said he's, he or she's never done that before. That's the first time he or she, I can't remember which it was now, has attached itself to a person, you know. So clearly there was some communication there between us. Uh, and uh, again, just from that uh, lecture that David Lewis did, and um, uh, from there, uh, from then on, I always saw, although I've always been very uh, animal orientated, I see them in a totally different light now, thanks to David Lewis's uh, uh, lecture on the communication. And I have met others now that have the same ability that uh, David Lewis does. So it's uh, it's quite a common ability, I think. We're just not aware of it and we, we don't tend to use it. Or, or perhaps I wasn't aware that uh, we do have it. But I do now, so it's quite interesting. So we're, we're learning as we go along, aren't we, Mia? Oh, we certainly are. And as David will no doubt tell tell you and ev- has told everyone, um, we all have this ability. Uh, it's an innate gift that we're born with. We just don't flex that particular mu- muscle very often or until we come um, become aware of it, as you as you did after David's lecture. We're about to take our first uh, commercial break, uh, and then we'll be back with Kevin Briggs. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the show. So, Kevin, um, there were a lot of animals at um, the Vershire Riding Academy, which is where we held our first conference on consciousness and contact uh, in Vermont. Um, Did you have any other conversations with uh, the residents, the animal residents there? I did, actually. It was quite funny. I uh, I think at one point we all went to the uh, uh, back of the property uh, where there was a, um, I think, uh, a couple of cows or one cow, and um, we had a discussion there about animal communication, I think. And I'd, again, I tried, this was after I'd spoken to the sheep, uh, the lamb, sorry. So I tried to communicate with the cow and see if anything would happen and asked him to come over so I could uh, actually uh, communicate with him and talk to him. Uh, anyway, nothing happened. And then the majority of the uh, group disappeared. And I was left talking to Linda Morton Howells, one of your uh, guest speakers there. I understand she's speaking at your next conference in July uh, 23 to 27 this year. And I was talking to um, um, Linda Morton Howell there. And as I did, I spoke to the uh, the cow again, and it actually came over. Uh, I think it was uh, perturbed by the large crowd of people, but once they had left, it came over, and I was allowed to stroke it. So uh, uh, two uh, successes there. And, and I have continued to do that in relation to, and I've had some success and some failure, but I can tell you a, a short story about a, a dragonfly um, which is, uh, again, part of the communication with the uh, insect world, I suppose, as well as the animal world. And uh, one day I went out to the back of my property, and there was a small dragonfly. It was a beautiful green, bluey color, and it was trapped in some netting we have around our tomatoes. I tried to get it free, and it was well and truly stuck in there. So I went into the house to get some scissors. I got some scissors, and it took me about five minutes to cut delicately around the uh, dragonfly uh, but eventually I was able to free it 
and it just on the last time when I cut the uh, uh, the net in, it just flew off and disappeared. And I thought, oh, that's good. It wasn't injured, and it obviously going on on with its life. And I didn't think anything more of it until later on in the day. I have a couple of dogs, a couple of German shepherds, and I was out walking with the dogs, and uh, and this uh, uh, dragonfly followed me, and uh, it was the same colour, the same size. And after I'd walked around with my dogs, I went to sit on my front porch. I have a chair there and just sit and relax. And this dragonfly flew around through my feet and uh, around my uh, around my head. And then it, it flew off. And then the following day, I went out again with my dogs, as I do all the time. And uh, uh, I was followed by uh, four or five dragonflies. And they followed me <laughs> and flew around me as I was walking with my dogs. And then uh, I... Uh, uh, I went to sit on the chair on the on the porch, and I thought, I'll ask this dragonfly if it'll come and land on my hand. Uh, thinking, you know, I can communicate it with it, as I did with the lamb and the cow. And uh, I held my hand out, and it hovered about half an inch uh, from the end of my fingertips. It didn't land on me, but I, I, I came to the uh, conclusion that it was the same dragonfly. It was exactly the same colour. And we've always had dragonflies around us. And I've never had them follow me or interact with me, uh, but I suspect it was that dragonfly. And then, a few months later, I was actually uh, pressure washing my driveway, and this beautiful, fully grown dragonfly, exactly the same colours, and it was a large one. It flew around my uh, pressure washer, it flew between my legs, and then it landed on my head, and it did that three times. And I believe it was the same dragonfly. It obviously grown into a full adult. I know that adults have dragonflies, but uh, uh, I believe it was the same dragonfly. So, uh, again, communication with uh, uh, insects, uh, animals, and uh, I have another one with birds. It's quite... Now I start thinking about these things, uh, perhaps I have to write another book, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> well, conscious, consciousness... Um, flows through all of the kingdoms. It's not just about the ETs or the angelic realms. It encompasses, you know, the animal kingdom, the insect kingdom, the elementals. Um, we're, we're really surrounded by conscious life. Um, and, and we are now coming into our own, uh, and able to communicate, being, being aware of the fact that we have the ability to communicate with them all. Yes, I've come to that realization now. And again, all down to David Lewis and his uh, lecture on communicating with animals, I obviously have the uh, communication with the uh, 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 dragonfly. But I, I did tell that story to my brother uh, about the dragonfly, and he was very skeptic about it. He, he took it with a pinch of salt, you know. He knows of all my contact over the years with the ETs, and he accepts it, he understands it, you know, but uh, obviously a little bit of a sceptic when it comes to speaking to uh, insects or animals or whatever. But just recently uh, I spoke with him, and he said uh, he was sat on his porch, or uh, his balcony, he's actually retired now as a retired aircraft engineer, and he's moved down to uh, Spain and he, he lives there overlooking the uh, Mediterranean. And he said one day this beautiful big butterfly uh, flew past him, and he said it was absolutely beautiful, and it was very large, and uh, and it, it flew away. And he asked it to come back, and it flew back again. It flew over his balcony, and then uh, it flew around again. And then 
he thought of my story with the dragonfly. So he held his hand out and asked the butterfly to come and land on his hand. And it actually did. He was so amazed uh, that the butterfly came and landed. But he'd actually asked it. Uh, so I think that uh, although my brother was sceptic, he's open-minded and obviously very intelligent as well. And uh, uh, he put into practice what I had mentioned, and it worked for him. And it's changed his whole attitude now towards um, consciousness, as it were, uh, as you just mentioned about how we're all connected, all the animal worlds, the insects, the uh, elementals, and the angelic world. Um, so, yeah, quite interesting, really. And now it seems to have opened up a whole new avenue for him. Um, other people are coming into his life that have an understanding of consciousness now, and they're talking, and he's buying books and reading about it. So, absolutely fascinating. And when you think all oh, that came from David Lewis's lecture at your first conference, just an amazing continuation of, of learning, I think. Well, what I found to to be true is that once we allow ourselves to ask the first question and be open-minded about whatever we might learn, then the doors all start to open one after another, and um, the the magic of of the world, you know, the beauty of life, um, starts to reveal itself to us. Yeah. But we but we have to be willing to ask the first question. Yes, um, I, I would agree with that. And uh, I know uh, we're obviously talking about the animals today, but uh, that's two of the ETs that I've had contact with from the age of eight. I always ask for more information, and they continue to give me more information, and they continue to do that to the to this day. But now we're talking about the animal. Uh, well, we don't have to just talk about the animals, Kevin, we can obviously include, um, you know, the ETs as well. My thinking was just that you've done a number of interviews on the, on your relationship with your ET friends. And I'd like to take that as a foundation and ex explore, you know, other experiences that you've had too. But, you know, in by no means would I, cut you off from talking about um, oh. <laughs> the ETs. No, I know that. I appreciate that. But it's quite interesting. Now I'm talking about these things. Uh, it, it sort of brings it all together for me, Mira, which is quite nice. I have another example of uh, uh, my wife and I were at home and we heard this scratching on the roof. We both walked outside and there was uh, about, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 or a dozen of the large vultures we have here. We do see them from time to time. But they actually stood on our roof and walking about, and that was a scratching noise. We went outside of the pool canopy, and they flew off. And I've got five acres at the back, and with a fence and the fence line and fence posts. And they flew over to the fence posts. And they're very big birds. And so I thought, oh, I'll go get a photograph of them. And uh, they're all facing away from me into the neighbor's uh, paddock. And uh, as I walked up to them with my camera, the first one turned and opened its wings. And then the second one turned towards me and opened its wings. And then all the uh, vultures in line, in sequence, turned and opened the wings. Now, I don't know anything about vultures. I didn't know whether it was a warning or not. Uh, but clearly they knew I was there. Uh, they all turned and opened their wings, uh, a bit like a salute, really, I think. I'm not quite certain what it was. I mean, I didn't go any closer, 
I did get some photographs and they, they are some distance, but uh, uh, again, another connection uh, to the uh, uh, bird world, really. And again, as you said earlier, uh, consciousness connects everything, uh, both the ETs, which are a life form uh, in our universe, and, and the uh, animal realms as well. So uh, it's, uh, I, I think once you realize this, then very often I'll sit outside just in the quiet nature as it were and just enjoy what's going on around me uh, and it gives me so much pleasure now because i i feel i have a better understanding of uh, of who we are in relation to consciousness uh, uh, and the universe itself so uh, uh, quite fascinating and again i keep going back to david lewis all from that one lecture you know so very uh, so fascinating and i see that david lewis is speaking at your next conference as well so i'm sure that will be very interesting for the uh, uh, guests and other speakers there so yeah he he is kevin um and before we get into some more um stories let's take our second commercial break welcome back everyone kevin i'm curious um the the vulture is such a symbol um and to have had so many of them in your in your yard on your property at at one time um at that moment did you happen to wonder if somehow nature or the your et contacts or the divine uh was trying to communicate with you in any way uh, yes i did afterwards i was um it was obviously such an unusual event and uh, so I did some research, and then uh, I found that a friend of mine has an understanding of these things in relation to nature communicating with people, and she actually identified it. She said it's it's a totem, and it is consciousness. It could actually be the ETs uh, connecting and communicating with you uh, through, again, consciousness as a bird. And uh, she said that that is quite common. So uh, uh, I take it now that uh, it may well have been the ETs contacting me uh, through uh, another level of consciousness, the birds themselves. So, uh, again, it just opens up your mind to these possibilities. And there are people out there that understand these things, uh, but it's not usually in normal circles of conversation, or not in mine anyway. But I do include it now, and I tell people about it and uh, uh, it, it is interesting how uh, others have contact with birds, uh, owls in particular. And uh, um, if you know, the more you talk about these things, people say, "Oh, I've had an experience with an owl, or I've had an experience with an eagle, or um, uh, some other animal or bird, or whatever." So I think it is fairly common, and, and I would agree now that it, it is another form of communication. Yes. Well, Mike uh, Cleland, who has a podcast on this channel called The Unseen um, has done a lot of research with owls and UFOs. Um, there's a wonderful writer who's now deceased, unfortunately, named Ted Andrews, who was a raptor rehabilitator, uh, and he wrote the book Animal Speak, which is a classic and goes through the different animals, reptiles, and birds, and uh, writes about uh, Ted writes about the totems that each of these these species represent in depth. And I know there's a section there on vultures, which you might want to look up. Um, 
phenomenal book and something that many people I know turn to on a regular basis. Yes, I'll, I'll check that out. I know you did mention that before, and uh, when I spoke to you before about this, and uh, I need to do that. That's on my list. One of my to-do lists to do is that. So uh, <laughs> yes, I will do that. So, uh, but I have a, another experience. Uh, it's not different, uh, not with animals. This one, but this is with about manifesta- manifesting something or manifestations. I uh, I lost my wallet oh, about six, seven months ago. And uh, there wasn't much in there, just $8, but obviously the usual credit cards and my driving license, which can all be replaced. They're just the inconvenience. But I had four photographs in there of my wife, Sandy, and I'd had these photographs in. There were various stages of when we got together, just a small uh, booth photographs that you take. uh, And I say I had four of them, and I'd carried them in my wallet for over 30-odd years or whatever. I don't know how many years now. A long time, anyway since we met, and we met when we were about 18. Um, so um, <clears throat> I said to my ET guys one day, I said, you know, you know, I lost my wallet, but can you manifest it for me on the kitchen countertop? Uh, not for the, uh, the driving license or the credit cards or the $8, because, uh, because of the photographs that I've lost, I would like them to be returned so I can put them in my new wallet. So I know you have all these abilities. Can you manifest my wallet for me on the kitchen countertop? Well, nothing happened. I wasn't surprised. Uh, but then a couple of days later, I was going over to Tampa uh, to uh, a small meeting over there with a group of experiences and people that are interested in UFOs and ETs. And uh, as I'm driving, I, I did a Google because it was a new place where I was going. And when I normally go over that way, I go on the 50 down the uh, turnpike and then uh, uh, continue on that way. The Google took me down to the I-4, and I never go on the I-4 because it's, it's like a, a parking lot sometimes. You get one accident on there and you can't move. But I did go down that way, and as I was traveling along the getting near towards Tampa, I saw a sign at the side of the road that said uh, toll lanes, and I thought, oh, Perhaps there's a new toll lane now. So I reached into my central console to get my transponder out. And as I reached in, I felt this large wallet. And I thought, oh, that's my wallet. Anyway, I uh, I, I didn't pull it out because I was driving. It was very busy. I got to my destination. I uh, parked in the parking lot, lifted up the center console, put my hand in, and it was my wallet. And everything was there, the $8, the credit cards, the driver license and the four photographs of Sandy. Now, that center console, I'd searched it on two or three occasions. Uh, Sandy had been into the center console, and uh, uh, I actually cleaned it out. It was full of pens and pencils and things and, uh, some time before. And the wallet's quite a big wallet. So I know that the wallet was not in that center console. But because I asked for that manifestation, uh, they obliged and uh, uh, only they manifested it in my vehicle and I now have the four photographs in my new wallet so I did thank them <laughs> for that but, but again just an experience again like you mentioned earlier if you ask for things these higher conscious beings uh, will assist in, uh, and help you to learn and develop so yeah, quite an amazing uh, it was amazing for me because I hadn't tried that before uh, and I was sceptical myself uh, but uh, I'm sure they do it on many occasions for other people. So, uh, but yeah, it's just another simple story, but it, it really reinforces uh, connection, communication, using consciousness itself. Well, communication starts with us, and 
I um, encourage people to explore the power of uh, their spoken word and their thoughts because those are our two biggest tools in terms of manifesting in our lives. And we, um, we are undisciplined and let our minds run amok and let our words run amok. And if we um, slow down a bit and begin to choose our words more carefully and um, control to some extent where our mind goes, um, rather than just go off in a in a daydream uh, or stream of thought uh, consciousness to really decide where we're putting our focus and attention and our energy because energy follows thought and word, um, we could really make huge differences in our lives virtually overnight. And um, asking for what we want or need or help or guidance, um, in my opinion, should be part of our daily lives, uh, just how we um, interact with our universe. Yes, I, I, I would agree totally with that, uh, uh, Mia. And I think probably my connection to the ETs, I know we have mentioned the uh, uh, my book, Spiritual Consciousness, A Personal Journey, which the ETs asked me to write. Uh, but from my first interaction with them when I was eight years old, and uh, Autumn D, that's their names, materialized in the, in the bathroom, uh, frightened me to death, but they were speaking to one another telepathically, and I could understand that. And uh, again, it's just communication using consciousness. Um, but from that age of eight, I then uh, I started asking questions because I realized that there was a lot more to ha- our reality than we understand. And, uh, and because I was open-minded and I wasn't told I couldn't do that, uh, in fact, I didn't really share it with anybody, uh, but they, so they continued to communicate with me. They continued to educate me. And, uh, and I wouldn't be speaking to you today if it had not been for Orton D themselves a couple of years ago. Uh, I got up in the middle of the night, uh, and bearing in mind I'm 66 now, and I was eight when I had the first contact, and it's continued throughout my life. On this particular evening, I got up to go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom. I returned into bed. I was just about to snuggle down, and there was a bright light outside the bedroom window, and then the light came in through the window and lit up the whole bedroom like a, a myriad of butterflies, butterfly, like sparkling white light. And then Art and Dee materialized at the bottom, at the foot of the bed, I'm used to interacting with them, used to seeing them. So after pleasantries, uh, I asked them what was the reason for their visit. And they said, Kevin, we want you to uh, uh, talk about your interactions with us. We want you to uh, write about your interactions. In fact, you will write a book. You will write two books. And, uh, and I remember saying to them, well, I don't mind talking about my interactions with you, uh, but I'm not a writer. And they said, well, we will continue to guide you. We will continue to teach you, and we will give you some more informa- information to include in the book. And uh, they did. And then I think about uh, 18 months later, uh, the book was published. And uh, and now, you know, I'm talking with you on your show. I've been to a couple of your conferences, and uh, I'm continuing to learn. 
uh, even at this age of 66. So, uh, uh, and that's all through asking, uh, like you say, connecting with the universe, connecting with consciousness itself. And the main thread of what they've taught me over the years is uh, uh, giving me an understanding of uh, consciousness itself, you know, and even an understanding, a scientific understanding of consciousness and how it can be used for communication, uh, for travel, for creation itself. Uh, even manifestation, I've got an example of that now with my wallet. So uh, uh, it's just amazing how, uh, and I do agree with what you say, we need to take time to, we all live busy lives, we have jobs, we have family. We need time to uh, have a quiet moment to sit out in nature and allow the information to come to us and be grateful for the uh, our lives that we have, that we are creating using consciousness. So... Uh, um, it's really opened up my whole life in relation to now speaking about my experiences and uh, and I'm meeting many others that have similar experiences and people that even contact me now and say, Kevin, I've just read your book. Uh, I've uh, had many similar experiences and I've never spoken to anybody. So it was a, a light at the end of the tunnel, shall we say, for them and A, speaking to someone else that's I'm quite comfortable about talking about it. And, you know, they read the book and uh, it, it helps people. So, uh, and I'm sure that's what you're doing with your conferences, Mia. You're connecting with people and uh, we're all being educated to higher levels of consciousness. So, uh. Well, um, it's interesting because the first conference that I organized in Vermont almost two years ago in May of 2018 was organized because... I wanted to meet like-minded people. I'd been, um, you know, having these experiences my whole life and um, have always had, you know, extensive gifts in a variety of areas in terms of healing work and um, manifestation and other psychic abilities, um, as well as ET contact and animal communication. But um, I wanted to find kindred spirits, which is what motivated me to organize the, the first conference. And 25 years ago, when I uh, started talking about all of this, um, a psychiatrist friend of mine who was a, a Kundalini master, he's now deceased, Lee Sinella, um, said, you know, be careful because uh, people are afraid uh, and will misinterpret what you're saying and, and you know, really it could cause you problems if you decide to openly discuss these experiences. And um, my feeling at the time was that we needed to dis be open and willing to discuss these experiences in order for the taboo to be broken down um, because we're we're spiritual beings having a physical reality and we need to share what we what we've what we've learned you know how we've grown how we interpret things. Um, you know, going back to Lakota, Lakota culture, we are storytellers. Man is, is basically a storyteller. So to, to share is, is how we all learn. And now 
you know, this is all becoming mainstream. Uh, 25 years later, Donald Trump is in the State of the Union talking about, you know, travel to Mars. So we've come a long way. Yes, again, I would do, uh, I agree in totally with you, Maria. Uh, um, it, it would have been taboo many, many years ago to talk about these subjects. Uh, but now there are more and more people being asked to speak out, as I was. And uh, it's now, as you say, in mainstream media, which was unheard of. And anybody speaking about these interactions and things would have been classed as delusional or whatever and probably putting on, put on some meds. But uh, uh, now uh, we're all speaking, or many speaking out about it. I go to different groups and uh, meet with different people. Uh, a lot of people are very academic, and uh, but they have these experiences themselves and they're speaking out about them. And then the ETs are like the uh, uh, part of it as well. So, um, and again, you couldn't talk about ETs before, but now we have programs on the TV. Um, they do appear in the mainstream media from time to time. And uh, um, it, But it's helping us as a species uh, to grow and develop and uh, and hopefully we'll uh, come to a, a better place in the future because of all this knowledge now that's been shared. And it's open. It's out there. It, all you've got to do, as we've said before, is just ask. And uh, they are here to assist, whether it be the higher conscious beings, the ETs, the angelics, uh, even the elementals. Um, they're all different realities, but they're part of the one reality, the one consciousness. So, uh, uh, yeah, so exciting times ahead, I think, Mia. And um, as I say, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have met you. I mean, that was a, a changing point in my life, meeting you and, and meeting the other speakers. And uh, a lot of them have become friends, and um, we still keep in contact and things. So it's, uh, yeah. So I, I'd like to thank you personally on your yeah, own show. My your pleasure, Kevin. Show. <laughs> you know, well, for, we for, we for can thank Whitley. <laughs> we can thank Whitley for um, for this program. Uh, thank you, Whitley. Um, yeah, thank you, I, <laughs> I, um, I, I think, I think it's, it's interesting too, Kevin, that you and I share the same birthday, February 2nd. Yeah, and, you know, that is a um, Which is Groundhog Day. Talk about another totem. Um, yes. And it's also, uh, Imbolec, which is the point at which um, we are halfway between the darkest day of the year and and spring, yeah. so it's a time when um, the the day the light is balanced, the light and the darkness are balanced. And um, you have talked about this in other interviews, but um, February first and February second um, in your communications uh, turned out to be an important day. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct, yes. The, I know that uh, uh, some of the ETs that I contact, uh, have contact with, uh, and I have a group of eight that I interact with now on a regular basis, and um, two of those eight are Orton D from the age of eight you know, when I met them in the bathroom. So, uh, yes, but they're wanting to uh, communicate with more of us now. They're wanting to communicate with our uh, government representatives and things. But uh, And they did give me a date of February the 1st uh, just this year. And uh, there's been more and more mass sightings leading up to that date. 
and some more mass sightings after that date. And I asked them what was important about the uh, February the 1st, and they said, uh, Kevin, it's February the 2nd. That is a significant date. It will be the first dawn of a new humanity. And, and as you said earlier, things are uh, escalating, things are speeding up, and, uh, and I believe that that uh, uh, date of uh, February the 2nd, 2020, is very important so and uh, we'll see a continuing increase in communication with the ETs a continuation of learning about consciousness itself nature animals and all the things we've some of the things we've discussed today well I think it's interesting um, also in relation to Whitley's new book a new world um, you know we're we're on the threshold of a new world if we can take it if we're strong enough to to take on the responsibility of what it means what is involved uh in in this tremendous expansion of consciousness and awareness and our own abilities yes again I, we i agree with everything you're saying here it's it's uh it's just amazing. And I know we've mentioned Whitley now a couple of times, and he gave me a copy of his uh, previous book, The Afterlife Revolution. Uh, and that encompasses, uh, you know, um, his wife who passed and the communication they still have. Uh, and it's quite funny, I went out with some friends yesterday from the UK, and uh, they had a daughter that died uh, young, and uh, we touched on the subject yesterday. And they've had direct communication from the uh, from their uh, past from their daughter that passed, and uh, I wasn't aware of that. Although they're friends of ours, um, I know they they read my book and they brought up the subject in relation to uh, being able to communicate with uh, our past relatives. And again, it's just using consciousness and having an understanding that the different levels of consciousness. And uh, once you understand that and you're able to use it as communication, uh, it, it broadens up who we are. And I would agree, agree again with you when you say we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And if you understand that, um, it makes uh, life much easier down here because it's not sometimes it's very difficult. But uh, uh, to have this knowledge and understanding does make it easier. So, uh, uh, yes. Well, um Continuing to to bring Whitley into the conversation, um, we had an interesting experience on Pine Ridge in the car that you were driving as we were headed to the Badlands National Park um, Saturday early evening around six six thirty six six thirty or so, and um, that was that trip was. Uh, the time when Whitley had a his second ex, experience of a vision of an alternate reality that was taking place simultaneously. But we also had um, an extraordinary event happen, which I personally felt was a huge gift to me because um, I was really the only person who, who saw it. And that is the car was surrounded hundreds of pink and golden um, angelic orbs. And uh, they accompanied us the entire 25 miles to the Badland. And 
there were 30 or 40 of them inside of the car dancing around. And um, Faith Holmes, who um, was part of the conference, saw one or two of them, but um, I was able to see all of them. And I'm unfortunately, I didn't turn around to look at the other cars that were in the little caravan going over to the Badlands, so I didn't get to see if everyone was surrounded. But um, you felt it, didn't you, Kevin? Yes, there was a, a change in, so I say, the vibrational frequency within the vehicle, and everybody's mood was elevated. And uh, uh, although I didn't actually see the uh, orbs or the angelic uh, beings there, uh, but clearly you were describing them, and you could clearly see them. But uh, I have had some experiences of uh, uh, seeing orbs and things in my home. In fact, just recently I had, uh, after our last conversation, uh, I had four orbs appear in my living room, and three of the orbs were green in colour, and one was a red one. I've never seen a red one before. I've seen a blue one, yellow ones. And this red one separated from the other three green ones, moved along my uh, patio door, and then moved back again and returned to the group of four. Uh, and that's the first time I've seen Now, whether that was an angelic um, uh, orb or not, I don't know, but it's the first red one that I've seen. And I know that we had some friends around not so long ago when we were just doing a meditation, and uh, uh, my wife decided she wanted to take a photograph of the room. I'm not quite sure why, but she uh, uh, took three photographs of the room, and when we looked at the photographs, the middle one had five large orbs quite clearly uh, on the, oh, wow. the photographs. So they uh, they are about all the time, and obviously we probably interacted with them by doing the meditation, and they probably came to join in, and uh, uh, I'm sure orbs it's a whole different topic, and I know people, there are many experts that understand the different types of orbs, the colours, the sizes and, uh, and whatever so i'm not an expert on that at all but but i do see them which is interesting to uh uh to, and the fact that my wife actually um i'm sure she was guided to go and get the camera and take a photograph it's not something she's done before taking a photograph of an empty room because we were just stood at one side uh, but to have the orbs quite clearly seen there and they were quite large as well and you could make out some features in the orbs so yes so they are around it's uh uh, just different levels of vibrational frequencies that we exist exist at within this physical that we are creating. We are co-creating it using consciousness and thought energy. Absolutely. I think also that we're um, we're kind of finding each other as a group, which is very exciting uh, to form a support mat- network and share information. Um, and experiences. Yes, and I think that's very important. I now uh, speak to different groups and things. In fact, I went to one on uh, Saturday. And uh, there are people there that uh, they come along because they've got these experiences and there's no one they can talk to. Nobody understands it. But then when we get to the, a group, there's about 30 of us. And we all have different experiences. And I know there's one lady there and she was saying, I have like two lives now. I can come here and speak about my experiences. But at work, I don't talk about them because they'll think I'm delusional. But here, I'm very comfortable. And other people have similar experiences. And uh, uh, and as we share, there's a definite increase in the vibrational frequency within the room. And I, uh, I'll, 
on Saturday I had one guy sat next to me and he just had a, an operation on his back and he was still recovering. And he said, Kevin, he says, I can feel the energy in this room. I feel much better for just being here and uh, interacting with this, these higher uh, vibrational frequencies. So, uh, um, and it's good that we are getting together and we're being drawn together. You, I personally feel that I should go somewhere or do something or connect with somebody and other people do the same. So as you say, we are all being connected now and that gives us a support group in relation to speaking out about our experiences and things. So yes, uh, uh, I'm very excited for the future. Uh, I'm hoping humanity will continue to evolve and develop with the assistance of the higher conscious beings, the higher realms of uh, consciousness. So uh, exciting times, Mia. Well, since your birthday is 2-2 and we're in the year 2020, um, do you have any particular insight in terms of uh, the year ahead? We're almost in March, hard to believe. Yes, yes, it's going by very quickly. I was just thinking about that myself this morning. Uh, No, the only information I've been given is that that they will, from the ET point of view, they will continue to show more mass sightings uh, in fact, someone sent me uh, an email yesterday of uh, James Gilliland Ranch, and he's had several mass sightings now, and uh, he's putting the information out there. And then someone else sent me another mass sighting from somewhere else. So, and they also told me that they are going to continue uh, to connect with individuals, uh, more individuals. And I, I met a, a lady last week who was given her first download a download of information about uh, uh, the quantum unified field theory, about uh, quantum mechanics, the theory of everything. And she was just amazed by it. She's never had a download before. And uh, although she's interested in the subject and everything, but I've found that I've spoken now with many experiencers who are given the same information as downloads. And it's really given us an understanding of uh, consciousness from a scientific point of view. I think we need to, to understand that. Uh, but amazing that, as I say, they're contacting more individuals um, and they're giving more mass sightings. So we'll continue to develop, and I'm sure it will speed up. Um, so I think uh, 2020 will be an excellent year, yes. Um, I I agree with you. I think we're in, in for a lot of um, very interesting events, and uh, I'm looking forward to... Um, snow being gone i'm currently in vermont and the year to fully uh get underway um do you have plans to write another book well i was writing uh, a second book uh, i know Orton d said i would write two books but i was contacted by ray hernandez uh from what was formerly the free foundation but is now uh, changed that and uh, it has a new institute and it's the Consciousness and Contact Research Institute. And what uh, he's been asked to do is to uh, bring the uh, leading scientists together and uh, with the experiences. And uh, he's now in the process of writing a three-volume book, and he asked me if I would contribute a chapter to that. So I condensed my second book down into a 70-page chapter for his book. But very interesting, the fact that uh, the, he has a list of all these uh, uh, academic um, uh, 
professors and things from the different universities who are contributing their understanding of consciousness and the different modalities of contact you know, about dreams, telepathy, downloads, out-of-body, uh, channeling, near-death experiences. There are experts on those that scientists have an understanding. So they're contributing. And then he's asked uh, several experiences like myself to contribute. So it's really bringing the two together. We're merging the sciences with the uh, paranormal, shall we say. I don't particularly like that word. I think it's all normal. It's all normal to me. But... Uh, uh, yeah, so in answer to your question, I don't have a second book now because I condensed it. And I think Ray said that his book will be coming out in September now this year. So, But I felt honoured oh. to, uh, uh, to um, uh, be asked just to write a, a chapter for him. So, yeah. So in answer to your question, I don't have a second book now. Perhaps I'll have to uh, think about writing another one on a different topic. <coughs> um. I'm sure I'm sure your guidance will uh point you in the right in the right direction. You seem yes, to a, have a a lot of activity uh at your home. Uh I know your wife Sandy has taken a wonderful photo uh of a of a ship uh and a rainbow that we included in New Observations magazine. Um have you had any interesting sightings lately? Um, nothing particular, no. Um, no, I haven't, no. That that particular sighting with the uh, rainbow was quite fascinating in relation to the fact that uh, I was trying to contact the group of ATTs that I'm able to communicate with, and I actually spoke with a, a small craft of uh, uh, six or seven greys that were travelling uh, uh, past our home. And I asked why they were in the vicinity, and they said that they wanted to come and see where we lived. And uh, and I knew the ET that was flying the craft. I'd met him before. His name is Tia. And uh, anyway, we had some brief interaction, and then uh, 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 they said, we'll have to leave. We're off our designated flight path. And, and they flew off. Nothing unusual for me, communicating with the different beings and things. Uh, but then when I, I went to get my coffee and sit outside with Sandy, who was having a cup of tea, she said, oh, you missed the most beautiful rainbow this morning. I said, oh, did you get a photograph? And she said, yes. I said, oh, that's good. Uh, and then she said, uh, but then a, uh, a UFO appeared under the rainbow. I said, did you get a photograph of that? She said, yes, I did. She said, I was outside taking a photograph of the rainbow uh, when I, uh, I looked up uh, and then the craft just appeared. Uh, she saw it as a full uh, metallic disc, uh, and then it disappeared shortly after. But she clipped the uh, iPad and got the photograph. It's a little blurred. I suspect they just showed themselves uh, to Sandy so that uh, she is aware that they are here, that they are around. And uh, and then, um, but the interesting thing was when I was speaking to them, uh, it was 8:30. I looked at the clock, and then the time on the photograph was 8.30, so it was the small craft I was speaking to that was being piloted by Tia, so uh, that's the uh, level of communication and, and consciousness that they're using to uh, um, communicate with people, it's just amazing, and, and to me it's fairly normal, and, uh, and it's nice that they've included Sandy in this, because Sandy is aware that they are here, they, uh, there's one of them in particular that moves her personal items around the home, and uh, I asked him why he did that, and he said uh, he liked 
teasing her. He thought it was funny, but there was a serious side, and the serious side was to let Sandy know that we are here, we are amongst you. So, uh, um, and there are many others having similar uh, communications and contacts. So, uh, uh, like I say, exciting times, Mia. Well, for anyone who wants to see Sandy's photograph, you can go to the New Observations website, newobservations.org, and go to issue number 132, which has Whitley's communion painting on the cover. It's, it's the consciousness and contact issue. And um, scroll through the issue until you find um, the photo of the rainbow with the craft um, flying underneath it. It's, it's quite amazing. And uh, um, I, I think it's interesting that Sandy's being included in all of this. I think it's great. You're yes, converting your family members. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. And I, I think it's, um, uh, they do that, obviously, there's a, a purpose and a plan for that. Because I couldn't do this. I spend a lot of time now uh, talking to people, uh, meeting people. And without Sandy's support, uh, I couldn't do that. So, uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, and and, and I, I get her full support in, in most things that I want to do. Not everything, but most things that I want to do or would like to do in relation to this. So, yes. So, uh, um, but I've heard of others, uh, family members, where you have one uh, uh, experience in the family, and then they are uh, showing themselves to other members. So, uh, again, it brings the family together, and uh, it helps with the, the, the transition um, to a new world, um, which is, as I say, uh, beginning this year, and uh, it, it will continue, I'm sure. Well, I think as more children are born um, and holding on to their uh, psychic abilities, the psychic abilities that they're, that they're born with, um, family, families will be more open as well. Um, I'm two years younger than you are, Kevin. I'm 64 and growing up as a, as a highly intuitive child, I would say all kinds of things that the following week would happen and Nobody paid attention. No. <laughs> you know, it just, I was one of five children and my parents were, you know, swamped. And a lot of this stuff just got swept under the carpet until I was in my 20s and um, my abilities became more pronounced and and then they started to notice. But um, But as a child, it's so easy to... Just you know, just completely disregard what's going on with the consciousness of the child, uh, and that will help shut it down uh, over a period of time, or it could help shut it down, uh, depending on the child. So we want to encourage as much as possible for children yes, to be able to agree. remain clear channels. Yes, I would agree, and I think because... Um um, I think uh, Mary Rodwell has done a lot of work on this, on the new human, and brought it to the attention of the public, as it were. And now we're, we're paying attention to the children who are coming out with this information, with these psychic abilities. And uh, if we listen to them, uh, that's the human species changing, developing. It's a, a new evolution, or continued evolution, I believe. Uh, but now we are listening to them, as you say, uh, when we were children, 
uh, you were, if you did speak out about these things, I know when I first spoke to my mother about Orton D materializing in the bathroom, she said, Kevin, it's just your imagination. And that was a, probably the standard reply for most uh, parents at that time, because if they hadn't got their own experiences, how would they know? They wouldn't. So, uh, but now we are becoming more open and, um, um, hopefully things will change in the future for the better. Well, also, we were pre-1960s. We were pre-Woodstock and, um, you know, the New Age movement and uh, Timothy Leary and, you know, ayahuasca and all the tools yeah. that people are currently using. Um, not that I'm, you know, supporting... Uh, the use of drugs. I don't think you need to no. take any drugs to have these experiences. No, but, um, you know, we were, we're children of the 1950s. So, um, so much has opened up since we were young. Um, and I think a lot of parents are attuned, more attuned to yes. gifts, individual gifts that their children come in with, which is fantastic. Yes, and I'm sure if the uh, the children are encouraged, I mean, uh, how far can they develop? And they can change our whole evolution by uh, the information that they have, the contact, the psychic abilities, the higher levels of intelligence even. So uh, our, um, uh, a lot of artists and musicians, and uh, uh, they're all at that higher level of consciousness and uh, uh Hopefully, again, we will continue. We can see that, I can see the changes in our society now with the people that I meet, and I'm sure you're the same with that, Mia. And, and we are becoming more and more uh, acceptable, even experiences uh, like you, you and, and me. Um, people are accepting the fact that we have these experiences, and uh, we are speaking out about them, and uh, um, we're not delusional. It's uh, part of who we are as a uh, human species, so, yeah. Well, I never understood how people could think that we're alone in the universe, that Earth is the only place inhabited. Um, it just seems so arrogant to me. Um, yeah, and just closed-minded, really, I suppose, at the end of the day. But we are... Um, I, I have found, since I've been talking out about it, my, my uh, social circle of friends, a lot of interest in the subject, but they don't speak about it because, again, it's like a, a taboo subject. But uh, now that I speak out about it, many, many times the conversation will lead that way and they will ask an open question in relation to it. Uh, you know, what the ET is doing now, what's happening here, uh, what's the latest, anything else happened to you, Kevin? And, uh, and they're doing their own research and uh, it's become a topic you can speak about, um, which is uh, a, a move forward in itself, I believe. So, uh, um, yeah, like I say, a very interesting times, really. Well, we owe so much to the in Internet and and the new ability to share information as a result of of having YouTube and Vimeo and all these other um, platforms in in which the average person can reach out and and share. Phenomenal. Yeah, the, the, the information is out there now, and obviously it, we probably had to wait until we had the internet. Because uh, I know when I was uh, a child, I tried to find more people that had the same abilities as me, and I wasn't able to do that. 
But you can go on the internet now and you can uh, uh, research dreams, telepathic communications, downloads, um, channeling, near-death experiences. It's all out there with experts. So if you're interested in any of these subjects or you have these own experiences yourself, you can do the research. You have to be discerning, obviously. Um, but uh, um, the information is there. We couldn't have done that without the internet. So perhaps we were waiting for the internet to be uh, uh, part of the technology that we needed to be able to develop to the next stages. So uh, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, the internet is part of the age of Aquarius, and that's where we're at right now, entering the mm. age of Aquarius. So a lot will change and open up, and uh, you know, consciousness. Aquarius is the mental. Um, the higher octave of thought. Um, so a lot of things uh, about consciousness will expand just as part of our growth and evolution. We're in that time now. Yes. So I'm Kevin, sure. sorry to cut you okay. off there. Um, okay. Is there anything else specific that you'd like to share with our audience before we go? Uh, no, I think we've covered uh, most of the topics. It's been a very interesting talking to you and talking about different subjects that uh, I haven't spoken about before. Uh, so that's been very interesting. No, I just think that uh, uh, we are moving forward. Uh, the ETs are going to continue to uh, uh, show themselves mass sightings, uh, uh, contacting more individuals. Um, so, yeah, we'll just move forward and um, see where it takes us. Um, and as I said, there are many, many working towards this. Um, um, so, yeah, it's uh, very exciting times, I think. Well, I encourage everyone to read Spiritual Consciousness, A Personal Journey. It's a great book. And Kevin has uh, his own website and a blog also, if I'm correct. Uh, yes, I have a, a, a new website now. It's uh, uh, www kevin j just a letter j briggs dot com and i've uploaded some interviews i've uh, i've uh, been involved with and there's a lot more information on there uh, beyond where the the book spiritual consciousness goes and uh so in fact one of the um yeah there's several interviews on there now i'm going to upload another one today hopefully so people can get more information both about the book and about my experiences and uh I uh, hope they, they they enjoy it. Wonderful. And um, your bio and uh, photo and book will be included along with this interview on the New Observations um, homepage. Okay. So thank you so much, Kevin. It's been great talking to you. No, thank you, Mia. Thank you for inviting me on your show. I mean, uh, uh, it's, it was amazing to meet with you and go to your conferences and things. And, and you, I don't think you realize how it changes people's lives when you go to your conferences. Uh, you meet other people, you'll get supported, and uh, uh, we all grow together. It's an amazing community, amazing community. So thank well, you. I do appreciate thank it. You. Thank you very much. We are, we are on our journey. <laughs> we are, yes, that's true. That's true. So, And I'm sure we'll speak again soon. So. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.